Shout out to Jeremy2003 for allowing us to use his instrumental entitled 18. Make sure to follow him, Kilo, Casper Sun, Sunday, and the entire Nuisance Collective on SoundCloud, Facebook, and Instagram. Back again, it's the R&D Podcast. RJ Saunders here today. I'll be flying solo. It's been a while, guys, but I hope that you've enjoyed your summer thus far, or I hope that you're having a good start to the semester. I'm back and ready to talk NBA basketball. We've had a lot of NBA news go on since we've last talked. A lot of player movement, but probably none bigger than the Kyrie Irving Isaiah Thomas swap between Boston and Cleveland. After the Cavs tried to steal away Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, or Jason Tatum, and after reports that Cleveland's medical staff had significant concerns over Thomas's injured right hip, Cavaliers sought further compensation before officially finalizing a deal. Unable to pry away a first-round pick from the Celtics, the Cavaliers instead negotiated a second-round pick in addition to the original package to complete the deal. The pick will come via the Miami Heat in 2020. So the trade as it stands now, Kyrie Irving will be a member of the Boston Celtics, and the Cavs will receive Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Ante Zizic, Brooklyn's 2018 first-round draft pick, and the 2020 pick from Boston via Miami. So let's get into it, guys. This deal happened on last Tuesday. I'm in a group chat with a couple NBA heads named Chris and Noah. Shout out to those guys. You hear the trade, and the first thing I said was Kyrie got his wish. He's from under the shadow of LeBron James. Like it or not, give me all the stats that you want, but at the end of the day, he wanted out of Cleveland, and he wanted to prove that he could run his own show after winning a chip with LeBron James. Then Chris, in the same group chat, he asked me, said, well, who won the trade? And before thinking about it, I was going to say Cleveland. They probably got the most out of this deal. You get a guard who played out of his mind, especially in the fourth quarter. You get a 3 and D wing who now takes the weight off LeBron James, as far as I'm concerned, of who has to guard the other team's best player. That is now assigned to Jay Crowder. You get Dwayne Wade in a couple of months. Contrary to popular belief, I know a lot of people want to see him back in Miami. I think he's going to Cleveland. And you get the Brooklyn pick. So if LeBron leaves... You probably get a top five pick anyway, and you can start rebuilding from there. However, when I thought about it, I said, Boston won this deal. Think about it. I get Kyrie Irving, and all I had to do was give up an undersized guard who has a hip injury, and we still don't know how bad it is. He's a liability on the defensive end. He's undersized. And he's looking for the max next year. Boston wasn't going to give him the max. So now that's Cleveland's problem. I didn't have to give up the Lakers pick, which if that falls two through five, that's still my pick. So yeah, I lose the Brooklyn pick. But I'll still probably get a top 10 pick. So I'll still get one of the top guys coming out of college next year. And I have all these other picks lined up. So if I want to flip some of these picks and say, get Anthony Davis. Marcus Saul. Boston clearly won this trade. They hold their destiny as far as I'm concerned. Now, Cleveland, they can't possibly tell me they didn't know about the injury to Isaiah Thomas. And I'll say they'll probably didn't know how bad the injury was. I kept saying that. Boston keeps saying that 
All he needed was rehab and rest. He didn't need surgery. Now Danny Ainge, after the trade happens, is saying, I don't think Isaiah Thomas is going to be ready for the start of the regular season, which probably made Cleveland nervous. And they made him say, well, if he's not ready by the start of the regular season, when is he ready? December? All-star break? When? Because right now, our main focus is trying to keep LeBron James. And Isaiah Thomas is supposed to be a big part of that. And if we don't have him for, to say, half the year, LeBron James is probably out the door. A lot of people think he's out the door already, but he's probably out the door now if we don't have Isaiah Thomas playing at the clip that he did during the regular season last year and the playoffs. However, Cleveland can't tell me that they didn't know about Isaiah Thomas's hip injury. You played him in the Eastern Conference Finals and he didn't play in the last two games due to the hip injury. They had to sign off on this deal. I think Cleveland was trying to finesse Boston out of another player and or a first round draft pick to try to sweeten this deal as well we won't have Isaiah Thomas for lord knows how long so you guys have to give us somebody who's going to be able to play until Isaiah Thomas is ready to come back and if you don't want to give us one of those guys then well we'll veto the deal and you can have Isaiah Thomas back and we'll keep one of the top 10 players in the league Cleveland couldn't veto this deal Boston couldn't allow that to happen You're going to tell me that Isaiah Thomas, who's been telling Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas that he's so hurt by this deal, he's so hurt that he got traded, he thought that this was going to be a loyalty thing and that he was going to stay in Boston probably for the rest of his career. And you're going to say when this deal gets vetoed, he's going to come back and it's water under the bridge? You think Kyrie Irving would have been okay coming back to Cleveland? He's already burned his bridges with Cleveland. He's already stated, according to reports, that he doesn't want to play with LeBron James anymore. And if you're Cleveland, you're going to find a better deal for Kyrie than the deal the Boston Celtics put on the table? I know the Milwaukee Bucks were offering. I don't care who they were offering. That's a step down. That's not a step up. Cleveland got the best that they could out of this trade. They should be happy with the trade. I would be. Now all we got to do is lace up our sneakers and see what happens. You have a deep team next year. Derrick Rose, I know we don't know how he's going to be. The Jeff Green signing was underrated. I think that's going to help LeBron James with the scoring load. You have a pretty deep roster. If I'm Cleveland, I'm happy. Now, on Boston's side, what scares me is, does Kyrie Irving turn into Russell Westbrook and Gordon Hayward turn into Victor Oladipo? You guys know what I'm talking about. Now, you guys give the numbers and... You're right, he's shot more and he's averaged more with LeBron James than without. Now what's scaring me is, is he's heard the reports too. He's heard the numbers too. And now he's going to say, well, I got to prove that I can do it on my own. So he may not average a triple-double, but maybe he's got to average 28 and, and 10. And Gordon Hayward's probably only averaging, let's just say, 17, 18 points. I don't think you sign Gordon Hayward to the max and you're looking for him to just score 17, 18 points and a quiet 17, 18 points because everybody's going to be focusing on Kyrie Irving. 
You've probably heard this from everybody else, but I'm going to say it here on R&D. Who's Kyrie Irving's biggest influence in the NBA? It's Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant has admittedly stated that him and Shaq wouldn't have worked fully anyway due to the fact that he wanted to prove to himself that he could win on his own. He wanted to chase Jordan. He'd been wanting to do that since 96. Did Kyrie Irving want to do that? Is he looking to do that? Is he looking to chase Kobe? Is he looking to chase Jordan? I don't know. But you have to admit that it is hard living under the shadow of LeBron James. This guy has been the star child of the league since 2004. Kobe didn't want to live under Shaq's shadow forever. I'm sure Westbrook or KD wouldn't have wanted to live under each other's shadow forever. One of them had to go. Shaq, you have to remember, when he leaves Orlando to come to LA, it's because he felt his shadow and his star was dwindling because Anthony Hardaway was on the come up. But Boston has to talk to Kyrie. They have to say, look, Russell Westbrook had an amazing season. He was last year's MVP. He won OKC, what, 43 to 45 games? But that doesn't take him out the first round of the playoffs. We're trying to win. We can probably beat the Cleveland Cavaliers this year. But you got to trust me and you got to trust this system. Also, if I'm Boston, I have to be afraid of whether or not Kyrie Irving is going to sign long term. He still has two years on his deal. But remember, he really never said that he would agree staying anywhere long term. According to reports, he would have signed long term in San Antonio. But he hasn't said anywhere else he would have signed long term. There's a bunch of questions with both teams from Cleveland side and Boston side of who's going to win this trade. It's probably going to be figured out maybe in the next two years. If if LeBron James and Isaiah Thomas both leave Cleveland, then Boston probably won this trade. Kyrie Irving stays long term and you get Mark Gasol or Anthony Davis, and you go to the NBA Finals in a week east, but you go to the Finals nonetheless, then Boston's won this trade. However, let's say Kyrie leaves, and you don't get Anthony Davis or Mark Gasol, and LeBron James and Isaiah Thomas leave in Cleveland, then at best, both teams are rebuilding. That's at best for both teams. But let me know what you think, ladies and gentlemen. Who do you think won the trade? Who do you think is going to do, who's going to come out on top? Because this is going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. This is your Eastern Conference Finals matchup, Boston and Cleveland. Who's going to win in a seven-game series? What are you telling Kyrie Irving? What are you telling Isaiah Thomas? Ladies and gentlemen, this is R&D, and I'm RJ Saunders. Make sure to follow us on SoundCloud and Facebook for more R&D.